0: Hey, Cask Chasers, we'll start the show in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. Hey,
1: everybody. Joshua Hatton with Impex Beverages here, and I have got a bottle of Herb Garden gin in front of me. Oh. I also have a bottle of your favorite tonic, Haida. Oh, by the way, did I mention my wife is with me? You didn't. I'm sorry, everybody. My wife, Haida Mueller-Hatton. Hi. Hey. So I have some gin. Okay. And I have some tonic. Yeah. Right? I like where you're going with this. Yeah. Now, you wanted me to get the lemon verbena and juniper gin, Mm. right? Because you like that citrusy kind of quality I do enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about that lemon verbena do you like? I like that it's lemony, but it's kind of sweet. It's almost like a lemon lollipop. Mm. And now I know you... Oh, I like that lemon lollipop. Now, I know you are not a huge fan of, of the juniper. Not so much. Not so much. But that lemon verbena just bounces out that juniper in a lovely way. Isn't it nice? Boom. Right? Yeah. I think that, oh, you know what I'll do? Maybe I'll make us both a couple of gin fizzes with that lemon verbena and juniper. That sounds all right to me. Herb garden gin, man. It's so good. Uh, woo, man. Sorry. Woo, man. Woo, man. It's delicious. Delish. Cheers, babe. Cheers. Hey, this is
2: Daniel Whittington. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast.
3: Bobby, hey Aaron, how are you guys
0: doing? We're good. How are you? I'm also good, and I'm I am good. also a separate person.
4: But she said
3: Bobby I and know.
0: Aaron. <laughs> No, I just, I. It, there was an awkward pause. I didn't know. Okay, what to
4: do. so Aaron needs his own. I how do. are you doing? That's right. Oh, that's Bobby's fair. doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm okay with being lumped in, but you need. I'm to not. Get I'm own. not. I've that.
0: That's why I got the the blue thing for my mic. I, I, I I'm, I'm happy to be here. Also, in addition hey, to Bobby. here's a
4: question nobody's asked, Katie. How are you doing, Katie? How are you doing today?
3: Well, guys, I appreciate it first of all, each of you as individuals, and secondly, <laughs> for asking the question. No, I'm good. I'm really, really stoked because uh, we have another fun guest on today who's going to be joining us, or really has joined us already. Um, this person is a whiskey YouTuber and a whiskey sommelier. A whiskey drinker, like the rest of us, distiller, not like the rest of us, whiskey blender, musician from the Crowded Barrel Whiskey Company, vice chancellor of the Wizarding Academy, founder of the Whiskey Marketing School. We've got Daniel Whittington here with us today. Daniel, how's it going?
2: It's going good. How are you guys? Oh, wait, wait. I think I already know.
3: <laughs> you?
2: Can you eat? Can you How ask each of me as individuals? <laughs> yeah. We're going to need a 15 minute run. Aaron needs that. <laughs> I do. I do.
4: Aaron needs that. <laughs> Katie, when you were reading off Daniel's accolades, she literally had a scroll that she pulled out because you know nobody sees. Yeah. This, it was- <laughs> nice. That's awesome.
2: And I hey.
3: felt I felt like it was appropriate to use something that looked like parchment paper because, with the Wizarding <laughs> School, I'm just imagining there was I was involved.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, my goal was to have a title that you almost couldn't complete in one breath.
4: That's perfect. You're done good. You're done it good. It
0: was close.
2: Yeah. Uh,
4: the name's cool, but yeah, you literally have a castle, which I don't know if that's a facade yeah. like whatever, but in the videos. It... Yeah.
2: Like one of those old West movies. <laughs> right, right. It's just the front <laughs> out back, it's like it's like prep tents and they don't yeah. they don't really no. like
4: like cheers. You know, you go to the real cheers, it doesn't look like cheers. Is it really the, yeah. are you really going in this tower and
2: Oh, no, it's legitimate. That's where it's five stories. Uh, we carved the, the ground floor out of bedrock. So the first floor is actually 14 feet down into the bedrock with an open ground entrance that we come carved out in a tunnel. And that's the wine cellar and the art gallery because every good business school needs a wine cellar
4: and all the, an art gallery. It's, that's in, nice. it's in the books, all yeah. the ones I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: And, uh, and then the next floor is a dining hall. The next floor is a classroom. And then there's a mezzanine library, that's sort of a fourth floor. And then there's the uh, the roof, which looks out across the hill country in Austin.
4: There's yeah. that. It's mo- real.
3: Sounds there's, terrible. There's a movie.
4: There's a movie with um, with Bruce Lee where he has to fight his way through each level. So I imagine like one of those levels is like a dragon or something. The boss to level. Defeat. To yeah, get
0: that's before you graduate. You, you just
2: you just fight a different boss on every level.
4: I thought it was a whiskey. No, you I thought... go all the
2: way to the to-, to the roof of the tower, and then Rex is up there. <laughs> and then and then it, tur- it turns out all you have to do is just like roll a bottle of whiskey the other direction. He goes and chases yeah. it. Just scurries. <laughs> He's, sto- yeah.
4: he's stronger than he looks. Everybody says that. He's just, yeah. he's way stronger than he looks. <laughs> he's got a mean left hook. So, so what are you drinking? That's one of the things we like to jump into. We want to know.
2: So yesterday I did uh, a thing with some people <laughs> and they gave me a gift of Laphroaig lore uh, because it's really hard to get that see. now. And it's one of my favorite Laphroaigs. And so I thought, what better excuse than now to just open it up and drink some?
4: I because just, whiskey's not for hoarding; whiskey's for drinking. Exactly. I hoard it, but whatever. That's a mental, <laughs> it's a mental thing I have.
2: It can be both. It yeah. can be both for you.
4: My wife uh, just recently she got um, Angel's Envy had a special release that you had to stand in line for, and it was a, it was nuts. So she got the bottle and everything, and she got it home, and she was like, "All right, let's pour some." I'm like you're just going to open it, and she was like, "Well, yeah, I'm going to open it. That's the whole point." I'm like, "All right." All right. Right. Yeah, a, that I, is the whole thing. I had a nervous breakdown, but that's fine. But uh, I just killed my- She's got it right. She, no, she's 100% right. <laughs> Everybody's right. I'm I'm wrong. And I do open them eventually. I just have a panic attack. We're drinking- um, So I'm from Texas. We have a joke that I bring it up mm. in every episode because- That's it's what not a joke. It's <laughs> something you do. Because you're required to. You have
0: to,
3: <laughs> have to. Contractually.
4: So I thought it only- And I'm from Waco. So Oh, no, wait a minute. Yeah. You're
2: also from Waco? Yeah, 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 Where? yeah.
3: Where?
4: So my so there's a uh, small town. Well, it's actually about 20 miles um, outside. I say Waco. It's about 20 miles outside of, of uh, uh Texas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. um And my grandfather owned a cotton farm there, which no longer exists. Yeah. You know Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Um, no, I'm from. I was. Uh, I went to high school in Lorena. Oh wow. I've yeah. I've got okay. family
2: in Valley Mills. I got family in Crawford. I got family in Bosqueville.
4: All I grew my fam- up in
2: downtown Waco.
4: All my family's in Crawford now, so cousins, okay. everybody's yeah. there. Yeah, so of yeah. course I had to pull out the Balcones and uh, just in this for the for the sake of a, a fellow Texan. So we're drinking that, which is actually a fantastic whiskey that uh, more I, people should be. I drinking. I like
0: almost everything I've had from Balcones.
4: Almost we were not fans of the Brimstone.
2: What? Yeah, me either. But you know what I discovered? If you accidentally buy a Brimstone, so now you're stuck with it. Um, if if you take budget bushmills or Jameson and add brimstone in a one brimstone to four part Jameson ratio, you end up with a like a conmara like a peated Irish, and it's it's shockingly good. I'll try and, it.
4: We'll put it on our yeah. menu. It's the Whittington now. The, the Whittington. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's it it's uh we we akin it to a house fire. Exactly what you would think a house fire. Not like a good. No, not like when you walk, you know, certain house fires you walk by and you're like, that's a really, really well done house fire.
2: That's a really (laughs) well done house fire, yeah. It's a very evenly.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it didn't like start at one and work its way across like corn on the cob. It just went. It went from the ground up, perfectly <laughs> right. even. Yeah.
0: So this episode's brought to us by Balconus by, uh, Brimstone. Everyone, um, <laughs> oh, make sure you pick some up today. No, <laughs> we lost that sponsor a long time
4: ago. That's cool, man. But um, so so. I guess we can jump into I have a I did a thing on the on the um, on the Facebook group. That's a huge following the whiskey tribe for, for you guys. Never and, heard of um, it. Yeah, never heard of it. So I did a question <laughs> there and I asked I posted, hey, we're going to have, you know, Daniel on the show. What are some questions? And I told Aaron, I said, I'm going to post this. I think ninety nine percent of them will be smart ass questions. But one yeah. <laughs> and they were. And I love that. Yeah, there was yeah. a one percent that were pretty quality and. One of the biggest questions people have is, you know, what do you drink? And that's why I kind of started, what are you drinking now? Um, Because you have, and what we respect about you and what we try to do is, you have super honest opinions about whiskeys. There's a lot of shows out there where people are, everything they get in front of them, it's good. Almost like they're worried, they're on the take. I, I think people respect people that will tell you if they don't like something or they do like something. And one of the, that was one of the main questions is, what does he drink? And then... What does he like, and what does he don't? What doesn't he like, and why? And we've established right. that brimstone is possibly the it's worst the whiskey best. out there.
2: Oh, worst, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a- no, so, okay, so in the people's defense, who have a hard time critiquing things, I I remember this moment, and it was um, early on in the channel where we j- just just destroyed this whiskey. This one from a distillery that I won't name from California called <laughs> <laughs> Our
4: second Our, our second sponsor.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we just... It, it's a, it was a hop thing. It was so far from anything that I like that it was, I mean, barely over the horizon of things that I like. And uh, we just destroyed it. And, like, two days later... I get this email from this incredibly kind uh, woman who is like, I'm so sorry you didn't like our whiskey. And I was like, Oh no. (laughs) And that was the first, and she was not upset. She was just apologies. Like, can I send you something else that I think maybe you might like? And, And I just felt like the worst person in the world. Like, I, like, I just felt so bad. It all of a sudden was immediately, and it should have been because I just don't think, but it should have been uh, something in my head that like somebody just sweated blood over this and then waited for years and then like bottled it and like tried to get the labels right and apply for approval. And then they, they sent it off to, to retail and they're like, fingers crossed, guys, hope this all works. And then some asshole on the internet was like, oh, this is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) This is shit. And yeah. And that moment was two things. One, I just felt like, oh my God, I need to remember there are human beings on the other end of this. And two, it freaked me out that I realized like random people are watching, not just our community in the comments, but like just other people out on the internet are watching and are finding them. And so it is, it is hard to be brutally honest on the internet if you're not just a horrible human being. <laughs> we <laughs> right? Because we find And that's why we are so aggressively saying like, look, we're not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I don't like it at all.
4: You're only uh, allowed to tear down the giant. But
2: that's it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: you can like... Yeah,
2: we all all human beings, we like to see the heroes fall, don't we? All the Greek <laughs> tragedies.
4: <laughs> I I shit on jack daniels as often as i can um and at this point it's mostly shtick. because i've like i don't mind gentleman jack you know it's okay and there's some other stuff from them too i'm just not a you know i don't like that charcoal taste the banana or whatever is in there but
2: and you know what like they're not aiming for you
4: no they're not and, and you know so, what and the so little that's old not lady a they missed and the little old lady from jack daniels isn't calling me and saying i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know, right like they may sue me for everything i'm worth but you know
2: for both dollars yeah, yeah for both all the <laughs> no, dollars we re- when we reviewed the um <laughs> when we reviewed the caribbean cask uh doers and it was like super like little metallic terrible and uh and then I get an email from uh, this woman. I'm like, I recognize that name, um, and she's like, I don't. I would love to know what batch you got because you know those are not in any of our notes. And I'm like, our notes. And I look down and I hit the little unhide from the little dot 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 on Gmail, and it shows the whole signature. And it's Stephanie McLeod, the master blender for Doers. And I'm like, oh shit. And now I'm thinking, like, dude, I? Like, what did I drink before I drank this? That Are my notes are that wrong? Like the main blender who made this whiskey is like, you're full of shit. (laughs) So I actually went out and bought another Caribbean cask and compared them. And they were totally different. And I was like, oh, thank God. It was a bad match. It wasn't. (laughs) But that's just one of those things, you know. So, no, we try to be as honest as we can. What I am not, honestly, I'm not a big fan. I'm still not a huge fan of rye. I don't really drink a ton of it. There are ryes that I do like and that I would be like, yeah, I drink that. Um, Traverse City has a single barrel rye that's just magnificent. Um, and I'm not a huge bourbon guy. I don't gravitate to bourbon. I don't like long for bourbon, you know? So I miss out on a lot of those things unless they start to head the direction like Balcones does, where they make bourbon like they make.
4: Malt, basically, pot, pot still or something. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're huge fans of the American uh, single malt movement. That's yeah, a lot of good yeah. stuff there. Yeah, I, I think. Me too. I think the problem with, that I have with bourbon is a lot of it goes for the same note, and I and we we kind of follow the same tone you guys do. We don't want to tell people what to drink, and they should enjoy what they mm-hmm. enjoy. But we do have opinions, and I think. <laughs> The whole point of videos like yours, YouTube, and the school that you have is to educate, but you're expected to have an opinion. I mean, you have to have an opinion. You have right. to have an idea of what you want and what you don't want. But we're super right. cautious not to tell people that don't touch this one whiskey unless they offended us personally. But um, Yeah, you know.
2: well, we were um, doing the, the – uh, judging for competition recently and the one that everybody voted up. I went and tried it because I was like, I don't remember that whiskey being that good. And I tried it, and I went, oh, okay, I get it. To me, this is like super classic and really well-done Kentucky bourbon, right? But it but it was being judged in a competition where that, in my mind, wasn't the goal. And so all of the judges, it turns out, they all love really well-done Kentucky bourbon. But that wasn't the whole, in my brain, that wasn't the point. And so when I tried it, I was like, well, yeah, here's the thing. This to me is not surprising. Of course it's good. It's a 10-year-old Kentucky bourbon done by one of the better people making Kentucky bourbon. It's fantastic for a 10-year-old Kentucky bourbon. It's boring as shit, <laughs> right? Like I could have written down all these tasting notes before I picked up the glass.
4: I want to see right? boring as it, shit five stars.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It, and it's just, it's not boring because the whiskey's bad. It's boring because it's like, so we always say something in marketing, which is if you want to be invisible, then say what people expect you to say in the way they expect you to say it. And then you will be like a Peanuts, you know, the adults in the Peanuts mm-hmm. cartoon. <laughs> right? Yeah. You just background noise. Right? And so that's what happens to me with so many of these bourbons is it's like, oh, you did exactly what we thought in the way that we were expecting to get it. And it doesn't matter that it's well done. It's just the same as exactly what I thought I was going to get, which is why I really have gotten excited about the future of craft bourbon because some of them you can tell are trying to be Kentucky, but some of them don't give a shit about what Kentucky's doing. And they're doing all kinds of interesting things.
4: I love that. Yeah.
2: Best bourbon I had in all of last year. Still, and I went back and tried it a week ago, and I'm like, this might be the best one from this year. And it's last year's bottle. Uh, it was um, a Starward, um, or not Starward, that's the Australian distillery. It that's was so um, Starlight, the uh, Hoover family winery. Uh, I think it's in Indiana. Um, and they their distillery is called Starlight, and they did a, a sherry cask finished bourbon at barrel proof, and it's so so good, it's hard to believe it. Yeah.
4: So I, I got a question for you, and then I think um, I mean, I'd love to jump into the marketing piece. I think Katie had some She, as our director, she tries to challenge us the best she can. And we just did an episode recently about, you know, allocated whiskeys versus price mm. point versus drink cheap. You know, we have, you know, your, your, your wild turkeys versus your, you know, Weller antiques. Some of right. these new whiskeys, though, and good whiskeys out there, are coming from. And I've always been curious from people, you know, on your shows. You don't hear a lot of people talk about it. I mean, you've brought it up a few times. Your MGP products, you know, your source products. Love Widow right. Jane. Widow Jane makes a great whiskey. Um, makes a great whiskey. There's some sourcing happening there, right? Right. What, do you, what is your opinion there? I mean, where do your where do you go with? Some because some people shit on it. Some people say, "Yo, no, they're making." I mean, yeah, Angels Envy and MGP. I love them. I love what they're doing. I love their recipes. But it's definitely sourced. Where do you go on that? Where's your head at?
2: On the source, on the habit of sourcing in general. Sure. Yeah. Is that what you
4: mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Because I love MGP whiskey. I think me too. The reason there's so much of it in the world is because MGP makes good whiskey. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> but to me, it falls in the same category as Kentucky bourbon. It's like, well, it tastes like MGP uh is it bad no no of course not it's amazing uh it tastes exactly like mgp you know uh, we source mgp at crowded barrel uh, the whole eleanor line all 12 chapters is all mgp Yeah. and um, the next blend that we're doing has a base of mgp i mean we we're fine with mgp um my problem is not in sourcing my problem is in sourcing and pretending like you're doing anything other than sourcing or mm. pretending like you had all that much of a hand in it. Uh, when we source MGP and bring it into Texas, we try to let it stay here for at least a year is the goal. When we uh, don't, we released it under the batch called half baked, which basically just means, Hey, here's some really good MGP. We nice. didn't really do anything other than buy it. <laughs> nice. Um, but if it's been in Texas for a year, Texas weather is so extreme. That I had MGP reps come and try a blind tasting and not find the MGP. Oh wow! Uh, because the weather impact in Texas screwed it up so much that it made it un like took us so far away from MGP that as soon as I told them it was the MGP, they were like, "Oh yes, now I see it." Wow! But at first, you know, it's you know what it was like. It reminded me of it's like seeing your teacher at the grocery store, and <laughs> in, in <laughs> elementary school, and you don't recognize them because you're like this doesn't make any sense. Do I high five? What do we do? (laughs) Yeah. And then, but then you see, but then you realize that your teacher, like I know you from somewhere, (laughs) but then you realize it's your teacher and you're like, Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So it's sort of this change, but not unrecognizable. Um, but my problem with those is like, okay, so all you're telling us is you have a really good palette for picking like which barrel of MGP and bringing out the best of the MGP version you got or the, the way that your weather impacted the mgp that you got and that's fine we just i didn't tell anybody this including anybody at the distillery but our first year we were open i sent in two bottles to competitions single barrels of mgp MGP. and um they both they both won awards (laughs) Uh, and so uh, i took i took those awards and i mailed them to our mgp rep yeah and i was like congratulations oh thanks (laughs) you guys won an award yeah and he was really confused. Um, <laughs> he, I thought it was hilarious. He didn't get it at all.
0: Hey, Chasers. Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert, Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at WildernessTrailDistillery.com.
2: Uh, but all to me, it was like, I didn't actually win an award for anything. What's the award for, that I'm good at buying MGP? Yeah. Like I can fill out a PR like no like but i But so you're so good. You're uh, so good. Yeah,
3: good at pitching can, it.
2: Yeah, like oh man, I just order that shit. Like <laughs> I fill out that credit card form like a motherfucker.
4: You should hear me order <laughs> Amazon because I'm really good at yeah. ordering things off Amazon. Oh yeah. I, I,
2: yeah. I I, I I click that two two day Prime delivery like bam <laughs> award.
4: Yeah, give that guy an Oscar.
2: Um, I should. I should win an award for this.
4: I akin, uh, I akin the MGP, though, the picking process. And I know that some people have a hand in on the recipe, but it's mm-hmm. it's very IB. It's very independent bottling in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not maybe going in and sourcing. Uh, no.
2: You don't think so? so. This, you stepped on my head, Okay. On no, my I want to hear it. Let's box. do it. For do the thing. Say yeah, the words. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick your toes off my soapbox for a I second. I like it. Hang on. So... We are, uh, and uh, I haven't told anybody this really, but we're in the process of starting to develop a thing, and by we, I mean me, and uh, a couple of my friends, Adam and Nora at Lost Lantern, uh, are in the midst of creating an entire thing to uh, educate and, uh, the press and the general public in America about the difference between sourcing and independent modeling and blending, yeah, because independent bottling in Scotland and uh, Ireland has been going on for hundreds of years, and uh, in America, it's it's uh, it's not. And sourcing doesn't count, so that's in my opinion like white labeling, right? So mm. like what what um, bullet or uh, or barrel, barrel yeah or Widow Jane is doing is akin to green spot, yellow spot for Mm. me right like you know they didn't make it you know they're blending barrels that they chose but it is definitely their product but it's also their brand and their company and their line right they are not featuring the source yeah true independent bottling features the source we didn't casually mention the source or bury it in the text next to the government warning or like say it's Tennessee, wink wink, nod nod. I bet you know where it's from. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, it's Alexander it says, Murray. We're looking at you. Alexander and well, Alexander Murray doesn't even say it yeah, that's on what most I'm saying, of their releases, right? We had it's uh
4: We had Lost Lantern on uh Facebook yes. Live. And,
2: and they're brilliant.
4: They're, they're brilliant. Fantastic. And I will tell you, the listing on the bottle and being totally transparent helps you to believe in them a little bit and to, it's, oh, yeah. it's a different nudge. It's a different idea because when you think IB, and that's why
2: we were trying to promote it.
4: There it is. There it is. I think that's a great, and FB see, this friend. is
2: like signatory or Duncan Taylor or, uh, I mean, you name it. Who else is Cadenhead? Yeah. Right. These are the ones where you have the home brand on the top and you know, it's a signatory release, but all of the text is about Lafroig or, uh, going Farkless or wherever they got the barrel and how many bottles and what was done with the barrel and every detail, it is 100% promoting well, Daniel, let me the story where it came
4: from. Let me stump you a little bit, because I have an exclusive malt, 17-year Orkney, and you'll never guess where it's from. N- so
0: not, not in a million years will you have any idea where it's no, from. Well, if
2: it's not SCAPA. It's yeah, not. Yeah, it's
4: a, <laughs> I, no, I totally agree. And I, my point was the comparison between MGP and, and IB, the, the transparency is mm-hmm. different. But the ability to taste and to put your name behind something and then have people believe in it—that's a different yeah. method, and I think that's what people believe in. Because the the true whiskey enthusiast isn't beat up by MGP. they right? It's it's more the other. Well, you pick something great—the the mash bill or whatever it may, or we aged it, or to your point, to the weather. Or, you know, depending on the Rick House, that's what we're looking right. for. So, I th- I'm hoping the MGP slandering kind of goes away a little bit because and i also feel, you know, bl- I, I feel I bad for, i mean i feel bad for the distillers in mgp because they're killing it over mgp is starting to release all their own stuff and it turns out it's just as
2: good as what they were selling to everybody else weird um i know it's shocking but the so actually so we have three brands at crowded barrel only two of which are public the third one is, is on its way to the forefront so crowded barrel what we make we haven't released anything yet We're about to, we're about to release the first malt that we ever made. Um, then there's the brand crowded barrel Alliance, and that is our independent bottling line. That's where you see the little, uh, uh, gold foil label on the top that says crowded barrel Alliance series. And then underneath it says, you know, iron root Republic master distiller, you know, licorice, all the, here's what that barrel was. We've done treaty Oak. We've done Andalusia. Balconis, uh, Devil's River, Lone Elm, Wyoming Whiskey, um, who else? Still Austin. Uh, yeah, anyway, Tabacaro. So, and every one of those bottles features the distillery it came from, and it's one barrel and it's cast right, right? Very much like Signatory. We are about to release uh, an MGP Alliance series where it actually says just MGP on the front and names the barrel and all the information just to show you that that's kind of what people could be doing with it with actual mgp product now our blending that's a whole different ball game and i think there's two levels of blending um there's the we blended cool shit and you're gonna like it right but we're not gonna tell you <laughs> anything about it but it's just gonna be we blended some cool shit and you're gonna like it and that's like the barrels added malt you know although the barrel added actually does they say a little bit more information um and then there's you know but there's just people using and what i mean by blending is whiskey from not just your distillery mm. so you took whiskey from your distillery and other people's distilleries you mixed them together and you released it in texas Milam and green is doing it you know heather's doing it and uh and iron road is tiptoeing into it and then we've been doing it we were one of the first i think we were the first with the texas whiskey festival blend
3: I was just going to say it sounds like your guys approach to making whiskey at crowded barrel is very much like the unapologetic feel that you were talking about with marketing earlier. And, and that was right. one of the things I was going to ask you, you know, when you were taking a look at all of the different things that the wizard Academy calls into play, like how did you guys land on connecting that into the whiskey side of it?
2: So you mean, how do we connect the marketing that we teach at wizard Academy into whiskey?
3: Yeah. I mean, and, and I want to like keep on that, that theme of just, you know, being transparent, being unapologetic with it, because, that's one of the things that I also think is very cool about the whiskey industry. Now you have more people that are kind of challenging what the norms are and just kind of pushing opinions out and saying, you know what, you guys can chase whatever expensive top end thing that you want, but here's what I like and here's why I like it. So I'm just right. curious if you kind of saw kind of a gap there, and that's one of the reasons why you wanted to to bring it into. The no, gap.
2: that would that would require a lot of forethought and not, and <laughs> <laughs> that would ask like like we are. <laughs> We just wing it. We arrived somewhere we intended to, and that's not what happened. Uh, we did it backwards. So uh, so uh, the Wizard Academy is a marketing school, communications school, business school for entrepreneurs. So we've been teaching this stuff for 20 years mm-hmm. um, and making all kinds of people shocking amounts of money by just telling them to do the thing that, like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, of course. That's obvious. Of course we would do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I mean, Roy, the founder, I remember my favorite thing that he did was he got invited by uh, De Beers, right? The biggest diamond guys on the fucking planet, because he had sold more diamonds in all of North America than every other De Beers location worldwide combined. Right. Like they went and looked at the stores that had sold like his stores combined outsold everyone else combined. And they were like, these stores are just and they're all in like like Springfield, you know, Missouri. And like, they're not in New York or San Francisco. They're all middle America. And it turns out the only thing those stores had in common was Roy was their marketing guy. And he got to uh, London and they brought him up on stage and they had a panel asking questions and they were like, well, let's see your ads. And he's like, I can't show you my ads. And they said, well, what do you mean? He said, we only do radio.
1: Hmm.
3: No shit that's it
2: just radio don't need any other kind of advertising at the time
4: he knew we only knew radio he knew his and
2: he was like well it wasn't the market he knew how to communicate there it is right because this is markets all over from canada down to missouri right and down to oklahoma and uh and they were like well you can't sell diamonds on the radio diamonds are a visual product and he said uh I would like to shoot whatever fuckwit thinks that diamonds are a goddamn visual product.
0: <laughs> just,
2: you know, he said, you gotta say these things with your hands on your keys in your pocket, just so that you know, like you can make a run for it if you need to. Yeah. Like you're just h- holding the unlock button on the key fob for the rental car. It's
4: time to go. Um
2: yeah. And he's like, Diamond, I don't know what asshole told you that diamonds are a visual product, but diamonds are not a visual product. Uh and that's why we don't need visual to sell them. emotional yeah yeah and so that's the kind of thing we've been teaching for a very long time now the whiskey thing was uh, a complete accident we built it ass backwards where we sort of like stumbled into this train tracks and the because we always say most business owners build a target finish the target then they build tracks that lead to the target and then they build a train and then they uh, the whole business model is we're open let's sell tickets to the train Mm -hmm. right that's called mm-hmm. have a business model. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, what's you got to get that to get a bank loan. But uh, what's your, you know, what's your plan of action? Like, here it, it is is all the step plan But no, yeah, yeah. But what is it Tyson said? Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, what we did was we were just like sort of stumbling around in YouTube on – I mean, we started the Whiskey Marketing School on purpose because we saw a definite need – in the whiskey education and the whiskey, uh, expert market for like, guys quit trying to be gurus. No one gives a fuck about gurus, right? Be shepherds, right? Your job isn't to be the guy on the mountaintop trying to get people to climb up to you. Your your job is to shepherd people from where they are to the next place. And that's it, right? Your knowledge should be used to open doors, not to create barriers. Right. And, uh, or to like show how awesome you are. So, we did that on purpose but the youtube thing we did just because rex was like look you got a video production studio here you should be showing these guys how to talk about whiskey on youtube like ah okay so we did and then it all of a sudden it exploded entirely because the community of people were already fucking there and Mm -hmm. we started playing the song and they were all like hey that's my song yeah (laughs) right and then they I've been waiting to
3: hear that all night long.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they started all showing up, and next, so so we always say like Rex and I were out in the woods. We found these tracks with a train on it, and we're (laughs) like, but just like the outline, we're like, I think there's a. We should build a train on this. (laughs) So we started building a train, and then we got to the last bolt, and we're tightening it, and we're like, oh, we built the train. We turn around, and I'm like, holy shit, it's full, right? The train, Rex. The train's full, right? And uh, what do we do? And they're all sitting here waiting. And he's like, well, where do we go? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the train started rolling. we're like, shit, the train's rolling. (laughs) Where is it going? It's like it's that way. And so he's like, quick, build a target. So we build a target really quick. And we huck it out in front of the train. The train runs (laughs) over it. And we're like, we did it, everyone. We've arrived. Uh, We achieved our goals. Well done. We did. And then the train lurches to the left. And we're like, shit, where's it going now? So we build another target, we huck it to the left, and the train hits it. And we're like, guys, we did it again. We have achieved our five-year plan, right? And none of this – this has always been just barely trying to stay ahead of where the people are.
0: This is making me feel really good so, because that's kind of oh, – And I, the, the whiskey community in general is – is the, the the way you're saying like, oh, of course. Why, why wouldn't we be doing that? It's the whiskey community uh, in general. They – I, I feel like mo- for the most part, your, your brands, your, your reps, your whatever, they are shepherds, you know, they're, mm-hmm. you, it's one of these industries where very rarely do you hear one brand badmouth another brand, or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't hear this thing or that thing. And I mean, cast chasers since the beginning has been very fire aim ready, you know, like just like, okay, here, let's do this thing. Uh, we're doing this thing now. And we oh, people shotgun. like that. Yeah. A lot of shotgun gunning. So, I mean, we have
4: we have people in our lives that have whiskey podcasts aren't new there's plenty of them but we have people that are friends of ours and mentors that have these well you know doc or you know structured whiskey podcasts or shows that they do based on their background and we come in fumbling like a train wreck yet it seems to be <laughs> successful and and I don't I'm not calling you a train wreck, but one of the things that is appealing <laughs> one of the things one well, of the not I, wrong I'm in sales, so one of the things that now one of the things that's appealing to uh your show and I go to your I If I need to do plumbing, I'm YouTubing, right? And I YouTube Mm plumb and I – whatever, electricity, which I shouldn't be doing or whatever. When I YouTube whiskey at the very (laughs) – right. At the beginning, your show is one of the shows that came up and we kind of start with and baptize ourselves in. And there's other whiskey YouTube shows. But I, I guess mentally, and there's the marketing piece or sales piece, I can see myself in the room with you too. Mm-hmm. and i believe you do it's not just this you sitting beside a drink you're you're sipping it you're giving your notes and i like this and that's the end of the show there's more human to it and i think yeah i appreciate that's amb- on purpose it, it's supposed to be i think that's why ambassadors <laughs> yeah. ambassadors in the whiskey world are so successful because a good whiskey ambassador the people out there making the show work they're relatable mm-hmm. you know when you walk into your yeah. liquor store with your cart they're like hey you want to try this and you're like free alcohol sure but then it's the show they put on that makes you right. bring that bottle home whatever and i think um, that's yeah important.
2: as opposed to the ones that are just like hired gun um, like actually i'm a real estate agent yeah 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 <laughs> and they're like I-, I can pour this for you but i don't know anything about it
4: well real estate agent i assume um, you're an alcoholic but i need you to be a whiskey person.
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know for right now oh i've been to those things i once went, went to one oh I'll, never mind Oh, so bad. Um, what, was, what it was, was
3: their name not again it was so, I, I don't remember the guy's too. name
2: and i i because i intentionally tried to block it from my memory uh, but i loved the brand and so i called them because i know the owners and i was like guys please don't use this company ever again um but uh no there, there's two levels to that and so you can't just make shit up every time and chase every shiny object. Yeah. Right. Because then you have no self, right. Mm-hmm. Those are the, that's like the politician that has a strong stance. Like, what is it? Uh, uh, it was.
3: It, it changes from Marx- election cycle to cycle. <laughs>
2: yeah. But it's Mark. It's the, it's uh, the Marx brothers, uh, Groucho. He says, I've got morals or something like that. I've, I've got morals. And if you don't like these, I've got others, you know, Um <laughs> so it's one of those kinds of things right where you can tell they just don't have any core values and so they are just kind of like shift to like oh now we're this oh that's popular now we're that right Mm -hmm. uh so it's you can start with like we're not sure what we are but we what we're doing but we know who we are that's the part that can't be flexible right i don't know what we're doing here and i don't know what the structure is going to be and then i'm going to start and finish it and I don't know what our vibe as a show is going to be, but I can tell you who we are and what our core beliefs are and what matters to us, right? The North Star, that, that's our fixed point and that our nav- we navigate all things by, right? And then you can sort of see what like, well, that didn't work. Uh, oh, but this worked. That's surprising. Let's do that more, right? Because that aligns with all the things that we care about. Now, once you've built that and it starts to grow, now you have to be very careful uh Because if you, how many times have you watched a TV show where you feel like, like, for example, Doctor Who, <laughs> partway through, you know the writers change, and all of a sudden you're like, "What the fuck show is this?" And were these writers not watching the show before? Yeah, every <laughs> right? several years like, it have, seems. It's very yeah, strange. like there. the new writers, the craziest phenomenon are you new here? Because <laughs> you, you, we're not. You, right? see,
0: you see a certain writer pop up in the in the credits at the beginning and you're like, oh, thank God. Okay, we're yeah, back on track. Oh, okay,
2: right.
3: And I have, and I I can have watch a this one. whole theory about that. Right. Oh, yeah. So my theory on that, that TV show side of it too, I always think that the second season of any show is the best you're going to get. Because the first season, they're trying to like figure things out. They're trying to figure out, like, are we going to get renewed? Like, What do we have to do to get to the next level? And the writers haven't figured out the characters. Right, right. It's all fresh and you're kind of like, Torn between, do we take the risks now, or are we just try and do something that's commercialized? And right. when you hit that second season, people are relaxed, they're having fun, they're exploring the characters, they're still doing their. I know the thing. voice. Yeah, yeah, and they can stick to well, it and have fun with it. And then after it's like, what do we need to chase?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are too young, probably. But if you remember original Friends episodes, like the first season, Joey was a player,
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. right?
2: Which never, no, like, no. But by the second season, they realized. <laughs>
3: Who He's Joey an was, and yeah. then it
2: got hilarious, yeah. right? Um, and and that's so true across all of these things, right? And so it's like, no, your first round is finding your voice, but if at that at point you find the voice, then you start riding in the voice, and then you have to be very careful about not changing why people are there. It just means don't ruin the thing that mattered. And for Rex and I, the thing that matters, uh, there's really were two. One is someone. It's the classic odd couple combo, right? This is, I mean, going back to black and white TV, right? The kind of nerdy uptight sort of, well, I've got opinions. And, and then the guy is like, fuck it, whatever. And doesn't know anything, but doesn't care. And, you know, the bickering and the, but the, you know, the affinity behind it and right. That's one. And that can't really change. And that's why when we did our April Fool's episode with, brianna and emma it worked because it was the same fucking formula
0: yeah it's a great episode
2: (laughs) right same exact formula and uh but then the second thing is the thing that we can't ever change uh is where are the guys that you're drinking at the bar with yeah right especially during covid you know it's like i can't go out but i can watch youtube and feel like we're all sitting at the bar drinking whiskey and giving each other shit and you know, tossing things on the floor and throwing paperwads across the room. And we're just trying, you know, it doesn't matter. Like we're, and you are a hundred percent sure. Uh, and I've had shows like this where I felt like, man, this person gets me. And if they only knew we were best friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. As soon as we meet them, like, I know they're going to realize we're best friends, you know, the vibe. It's like,
4: I think it's the thank God yeah. they're real people. I think that's the, mm-hmm. and I think commercials, in general have come a long way is now it's real people in your position it's not you know it's not a woman in a dress and pearls vacuuming a floor because nobody did that you know what i mean it yeah. evolved right. to real human beings well i, I mean i
0: well i do I i'm saying i mean yeah I, that's, cur- current company excluded you know, no no, no wait, you guys can the, edit that <laughs> part out right yeah, that's right we won't on, but Ryan. we can. For won't sure. do it. Well, <laughs> all right cast chasers that's where we're going to wrap up this episode but we're not quite done with daniel yet make sure you tune in next week for part two of our conversation with daniel whittington in the meantime follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at cast chasers you can also join our facebook group don't forget to check out our website castchasers.org for show notes cast chasers swag and more until next time remember it's not about finding the perfect tram it's all in the chase